Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Loki and welcome to Keep It Loki. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yasirli amri wa ahlul uqadati min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama salli ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidin majid. I wanted to say I'm sorry in advance for any noises, whatever. Um, there are so many relatives downstairs right now. And this is the only place that I ever get to record my podcast, so bear with me, inshallah. And I also wanted to say, I'm also sorry for how late this episode is. It's very much overdue. Um, you know, inshallah, I try to um, have a schedule of posting once a week. But honestly, this one was a hard one to make, um, the music episode. And I have many reasons for that. Um, the first one was that... This is a bit of a um, difficult subject to talk about sometimes because, you know, music is very prevalent everywhere. Um, and, you know, maybe I might have some listeners that do listen to music. And I think that's kind of the point that I'm trying to shed light on it. Um, but I just wanted to ask everyone that does listen to take everything that I say with an open mind. And although some things anytime like you are given advice or like you are told something that kind of relates to you it is very easy to take offense you know it's very easy to be hurt by it and want to shut it out um and so that's why i've been hesitant to record i'm not going to blame my procrastination and bad work ethic uh that's definitely not the reason <laughs> um but no seriously like i know myself remember i said a long time ago um whenever someone would give me advice i would immediately shut them out or just like tell them to shut up like what are you talking about um because i didn't like what they were telling me i didn't like that they were trying to advise me it was just my ego and so when we are not supposed to lie or swear or hurt people um all of those things in ramadan it's because it's a practice that we should be all taking as much as possible but we have Ramadan to try to really enforce it so that inshallah afterwards it's still there. Um, but like, you know, take that into consideration. Like, why is it not allowed during Ramadan? Because it almost like cancels out your good deeds, you know? Like it cancels out your fasting. Because fasting, by the way, Allahumma balaghna Ramadan, it's so close. I'm literally so excited. I don't know how to tell you guys. <laughs> um but yes, I'm so excited, inshallah, Allahumma billahuna, Ramadan. Um, but when you are fasting, you are not fasting just from food, you know? You're not just being hungry. You are also fasting, like, everything about your body, you know, like your soul, your eyes, your ears, everything. You are fasting, like, your eyes are fasting because they are abstaining from looking at haram. Your ears are fasting, <laughs> imagine that, because they are not listening to haram your soul you yourself are trying to resist temptation resist bad habits you know and like a fast that is just not eating is only going to give you hunger you know like you are not it's like someone who fasts but like doesn't pray all you're getting from that you're, you're literally just starving yourself you know your soul is not benefiting and i know that culturally um I don't know about other cultures, but especially Arabs, like, oh my god, are we obsessed with music? Um, like, think about, like, why 
Quran was even sent down to the Arabs first. Wallahi, we're not superior. I swear to you. But they were the most astray at that time. They needed they needed Islam. They needed guidance. They needed prophet after prophet after prophet. And a lot of those things, you know, they had to do with um, zina, drinking, whatever. But also things like musical instruments, silk, and whatnot. And so a hadith related to this um, is by Ibn Taymiyyah. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Among my ummah, there will be people who will regard as permissible, like they were going to try to normalize it and make it okay, um, is adultery, silk, alcohol, and musical instruments. And this is narrated in Bukhari. So these kinds of things, like wallahi, Islam is timeless. These kinds of things we're literally seeing right now, you know. And people are trying to say, like you're going to hear a lot of people say, it's not haram, it's like, you know, it's, um, what if it's nice music? You know, how can that be haram if it's gentle, whatever music? It's multiple things, like I said, um, that first episode. It's the words, obviously, you don't want things about, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, you know those words. <laughs> we don't want those things in our heads. But also, the instruments themselves. And you might think to yourself, how, why are instruments bad? Like, literally, they're just calming. I get it, like, especially, like, violin sounds so fire. But when you think about it, it's literally, like, tugging at your heartstrings and creating emotions that are not even there. Like, you're there, it's literally, like, like, creating false feelings, you know? And you have to ask yourself, if you were to listen to that same song, right? Would you still listen to it if it was only words, but, like, no instruments? You might be like, yeah, sure, you know, I like the song. But you would definitely prefer the one with instruments. Why? Because it sounds nicer. It gets you in a good mood. You know, it gets you vibing like you're bopping your head and all of that. But that bopping your head and that vibing is literally taking you away from the dhikr of Allah. From the remembrance of Allah. You are not remembering him in that moment. You're just, you're having fun in a sense where, like... You're feeling better, you know, but without Allah, you're not using Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to calm your heart. He is not the thing that you go to when you are depressed. Instead, you're going to other other routes, other coping mechanisms, you know. And trust me, you guys, wallahi, like, I don't want to say this because um, I want to glorify sin or anything like that. But I simply want to tell you guys, I used to be in a choir for 12 years. I used to sing and travel all over america with friends and like we had a producer and that was our life that's literally what we did and it was my like i listened to music all the time it was surrounded me constantly and you you might think like how did someone that did that suddenly be like no no haram no music like bro i used to listen to it every single day like i wake up music go to sleep music and again I'm using this, I'm, I'm telling you guys this as a form of like educating and trying to relate to you to show that it's not just quote-unquote religious people that can, you know, overcome their sins or their desires, you know. For me, it was like two years ago, remember how I said I started learning about Islam, so I went to my uh, my producer and I said like, I don't know, I don't feel feel like i should be in this choir anymore you know um 
like it was acquired like the whole point of it was like to raise money for the refugee crisis like all our songs were about you know like world peace you know please save the children like we were that that's what we were all about you know and like we would um collaborate with like the united nations and stuff you know to be honest l united nations i'm not going to get into the pol politics of that but whatever <laughs> um but like that's the kind of stuff that we did you know but it felt so wrong for me to be like you know a complete hijabi like standing on a stage you know like you can't even you can't even picture that um and so that that kind of guilt that kind of awkward feeling is was put in me by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's like it was like my escape you know and so when I told him that he was like is everything okay like is someone someone threatening you like is someone forcing you to quit is everything okay and I'm like yes question mark like this is not something like okay he wasn't saying it to be disrespectful like to my religion or anything he was just shocked anyone would be shocked because like I said music was my life and I'm not gonna go out here and say I'm a good singer but it was just something that I love to do you know and so to f see someone like me suddenly want to stop it's like what where is this coming from and I simply just had to explain to him that this is something that I'm learning and like, you know, I'm about to go to college, you know, at that time, I'm about to go to college and this is the time when people find out who they are, what they want to do, what brings them purpose. And again, like, I'm so thankful for all the experiences that Allah has put me um, through because like I said, you know, they, it creates the person that I am now. Um, and by the qadr of Allah, like he gives you the trials and tribulations so you can learn lessons so you can know not to go back now you know how good it was and whatever that quote-unquote good but you know that the bad outweighs the good very much so and not only do we think about the goal of each one like the goal of quran and the goal of music we also have to think about the long-term effect you know so like not even long-term just short-term like literally just after listening to one after you listen to Quran, the effect that it has on you, like generally, it just, it makes you feel like alleviated. It makes you feel like so light, so, so happy, you know, and you're just like, wow, that felt really good. And on the other side, music, you know, it makes you feel sad, you know, and maybe not necessarily like depressed or anything, but it just gives you like this tinge, tinge, twinge hinge bro i actually don't know english it gives you this tinge of sadness because like you're listening to the weekend and tory lanes and you're asking yourself why am i sad for no reason bro list look at what you're listening to and like all they talk about is like you know heartbreak and sadness and why did this happen life is hopeless whatever you know all that r&b type stuff you know and like when you think about it like you're literally like i said like in this virtual like false reality you know like you're starting to think of scenarios where like you're you're imagining you're in that situation like whatever the song is describing and you're just now you're just depressed because you're like wow like like you just start crying and you're like why am i crying like sometimes i'd be doing this right like i i just randomly start thinking about life you know and i'm like man like what if what if my mom just died right now? And so I started thinking about that and I just started crying because I'm like imagining the situation. I'm putting the thoughts in my head. That thought was not in my head five minutes ago, but that, that like, you know, 
when you're putting those ideas in your heads, you feel those emotions. And like, but if you were to just sit there and like not listen to anything, I mean, like you just take a walk without anything or just even Quran, but that silence is time for you to reflect, time for you to think about yourself. People who genuinely want to improve themselves, they take that time to themselves, meditation, salah, whatever, but they don't use things to like numb their pain. They want to know what their pain is, where it comes from. And only silent reflection will do that. Only time alone with yourself, without the ruckus of social media, with, you know, so like socializing in general, without any devices. It's just you maybe taking a walk in nature, sitting in your room, whatever it is. That's when you can really look into yourself. And another thing that helps you reflect which is obviously like what we as Muslims do, like we have tafsir and reflections of, is the Qur'an. And the only thing though about Qur'an is like why people like tend to stay away from it is because it is thought-provoking. Especially for people who know in themselves that they have sinned or they, they have like flaws or something. When they hear an ayah that pertains to them, that like, you know, it's like it probably relates to them. Um, like... Sometimes I hear ayahs, I'm not going to say which ones, but like I hear them like, damn, like, like, you know, like it makes me feel guilty. But that guilt, don't let it like make you shut it out. Don't let it make you be like, mm, I don't like it. You can't be afraid of your, um, what's the word? Like the bad things about you, you know, the quote unquote bad. Those are the things that you have to improve. And Quran is here as like a like a light, you know. It's there to shed light on those things. So you can try to improve them. Whatever it may be. Maybe it's your akhlaq. Maybe it's your salah. Maybe it's whatever it is. And so that's why people tend to stay away from it. Because it gives them this feeling of guilt. Listen, like, I don't want you to like, whenever something makes you feel guilty, don't take that as something that is bad. You know, some people purposely try to make you feel guilty. But if you see like like an eye or whatever, anything in life that makes you feel bad, it's not like an automatic like, oh, I hate this thing. It doesn't make me feel good. Life is not always about feeling good. It's not always about feeling comfortable. And sometimes that discomfort, that like, you know, hard truth to the face is like the only thing that can make you change. You know, life is not always butterflies and happiness and goodness and love and whatever. There are things that you you need like a like a wake up call, you know? And okay, so just like how we talked about last time, like in Salah, like what are the steps towards that thing? I can only speak from personal experience, like what I did. Um but I was the type of girl that would like make playlists. Like I love making playlists, it's just my thing. And like I would give them creative titles and descriptions, like the picture I would make it like all aesthetic and stuff. And so, like I said, like, when you work so hard on that, like, you don't want to delete it. Um, but, like, those are the kinds of things that you have to cold turkey. You just have to do. And so, I deleted all my playlists. I canceled my subscriptions. Um, obviously, I'm back on Spotify with a subscription. But in that moment, you're, you're like, in training zone. You know, you, you're, you're at a time where you're hypersensitive. You're... Um, still, you still like that thing. So you have to treat yourself like, okay, this thing is not good for me. I have to get it away from me. You know, it's kind of like, for example, also, if you see that your friends, I don't know why I just froze. If you see that your friends or like people around you that you follow, whatever, 
they're posting music all the time, mute the story, you know? And this is not the kind of thing where it's disrespectful. It's not like you're, you know, blocking them or cutting them off or something. But the story itself, it makes you, um, like, when you remove it, it holds you accountable because it's like you're officially making it a thing that you're not listening to music. And again, this is the kind of thing where it's not like a quote-unquote, like, journey. You can't have a journey with it because it's like, imagine, like, a playlist with nasheeds and Quran and music. Like, you can't have that in the same thing, you know? And, like, even our hearts, our heart literally, Quran cannot enter it if there's already music in it, you know? And in the end, like, what are we trying to do? We're trying to reach Jannah, inshallah. And, like, what gets you closer to Jannah? Quran or music? Tell me. Like, which one is going to get you there slowly? And so you want to, like, instead replace that. Like, if you were to get in your car, instead of playing music, be like, you know what, today, today I'm going to listen to a podcast. You know, preferably this one. But maybe listen to nasheeds or lectures or anything on YouTube. Like, maybe it doesn't have to do with Islam, but just anything other than music. Get yourself in the kind of atmosphere where you're like, okay, I, I don't need it today. I don't think I need it today. And, oh my god, I love this hadith so much. It makes everything just make sense. But it is that you do not leave something for the sake of Allah except that he replaces it with something better. Like, this can be applied to anything, bro. Like, if you leave, like, a haram for his sake... He replaces that with something better. Like, if you stopped interactions with, like, you know, non-mahrams or whatever, inshallah, he makes the friendships that you have with, you know, like, girls or, like, the same, like, gender as you, even better. Like, he flourishes those friendships and he gives you more of that thing that is halal for you because you left the haram, you know? And, like, wallahi, I know it's hard. Like, it's difficult. I swear it is. And it's, like, like, I used to work at Chipotle and when we would close um that's when we would like turn on our bluetooth and whatever and like would you know be mopping and cleaning up the restaurant and so at that time like a lot of kids my age worked there and so obviously like they'd have the taste of music that like everyone listens to my age and so they'd play like this the music that i would listen to back in my jahiliya days you know back then and i was like oh my god this song is so good why would they play this right now and in that moment, you know, I wasn't really still strong and I was like, I really, really, really had to resist. Like I was trying so hard to like, you know, not engage in the song, not like vibe with them, you know, they kind of get you going, they're, you know, shrugging your shoulder, like they're trying to like get you in the mood, smiling, whatever. Wallahi, it's so hard to be Muslim in that moment, but we are so strong. And listen, that temptation, the fact that you resisted that temptation, like you don't understand how powerful that is, like the fact that you did that. I have another hadith for you guys and it's like it really makes you think about the strength of a Muslim and how much that resistance is not overlooked by Allah. It goes as this Verily Allah Ta'ala has written down the good deeds and the evil deeds and then explained it by saying Whosoever intended to perform a good deed but did not do it then Allah writes it down with himself as a complete good deed. So this is similar to that thing where like you wanted to um, do things for Ramadan, so you write them down, but like, what if you pass away before that time, you know, like, we, only Allah knows, um, and, like, we plan, but Allah is the best of planners, but what if you pass away, you would still get the good deeds for those things, inshallah, because you generally intended to do them, and so, if he intended to perform it, and then did perform it, then Allah writes it down with himself, as from 10 good deeds, 
And if he intended to perform an evil deed but did not do it, this is the part, then Allah writes it down with himself as a complete good deed. And if he intended it, the evil, de the evil deed, and then he performed it, then of course Allah writes it down as one evil deed. So not only do you see the rahmah of Allah when he gives you 10 good deeds for one good deed, but when you're resisting something that is so difficult for you, when you're resisting that haram, he literally gives you a good deed. And then like we said, one good deed is ten good deeds. So literally just for resisting that, Allah is rewarding you so much. Like he, he's opening up that path for you to get good deeds, you know? And you guys know this probably, like when you repent from a bad deed, like maybe you did something, that repentance becomes a good deed. Ya Allah, subhanAllah. Look how merciful our Lord is. And like, just imagine how many good deeds you'd receive, inshallah, with the right intention. From reciting like one surah, just one, one. Well, maybe surah falaq, okay? Like we learned that as a kid, inshallah, maybe. And so, just surah falaq, each letter is a good deed. And again, each good deed is ten good deeds. Each letter. So imagine you like suggest that story, uh, the surah to read with someone. Then you get that edger too. You, you share in the khair. Whoever guides someone to goodness will have a reward like the one who did it. Instant hasanat, you guys. And like, like, we have to be hasanat hungry. Like, this is not like an embarrassing thing to want more hasanat or to do things like, hmm, this will get me hasanat. Like, that is beautiful because you know that reward is only with Allah. Only He can reward you. And the fact that you want reward means you, like, your hadaf, I love that word apparently, your goal is Jannah. And you are very much aware of that. You know, we do it for Him. Every breath, every step, every word that we speak, we are doing it for His sake. And, oh my god, this ayah is another just beautiful, like, ugh, it just puts everything into perspective. I did not create jinn and humans, except to what? To worship me. This is Allah saying this in Surah Al-Dariyat. So use the Qur'an, love the Qur'an, feel close to the Qur'an. Use that to worship Allah. That is our purpose here. And... Like I said, you won't be able to unless that music is out of your heart. They can't both live there rent-free. Quran respects itself way too much to be in a place surrounded by darkness. It, it Quran is a healer. And you guys might have known this already, you know, because like, you know when your grandma, like when you're sick and your grandma just comes up to you and she starts reading Quran like, and like wiping her hand all over your face. Why? Because Quran is a shifa. Alaykum shifa'ain. Al-Quran wal-asal. On you, upon you, like that you have, are two healers, two remedies. Quran and honey. <laughs> like that's why we have a river of honey in Jannah. But that just shows you the level of, of like, power that Quran has. Because it's literally a word from Allah. And that in of itself, like, can make the heart feel like it's on fire again. It can give it purpose. It can make it feel invincible. Ya Allah, like, may Allah make us of the people who can easily be moved by the Qur'an, you know? And, like, you can't have two poisons. You can't, like, want Qur'an, but, all, like, you know, the benefits of it, but also still want to listen to music, you know? Like, you already have your remedy. You have your coping mechanism. Which one is it going to be, though, you know? And, like, what can music do for you, though? Like, it, it doesn't do anything. And like if you listen to music though and you try to do Qur'an, Qur'an can't do anything for you either because you've become desensitized to it. And you know, okay, oh my god. We know when you hear a really, really good song 
or like a poem or like a movie scene, you get chills, right? In the Quran, Allah says, Allah has sent down the best statement, a consistent book wherein is reiteration. SubhanAllah. The skins shiver therefrom of those who fear their Lord. Then their skins and their hearts relax at the remembrance of Allah. That is the guidance. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting emotional. That is the guidance of Allah by which He guides whom He wills. And one whom Allah sends astray for Him, there is no guide. SubhanAllah. Allah is literally telling us that the Quran, in and of itself, is going to give you chills. It's going to make you make you feel relaxed. You, not only just your skin, you know, after you get chills, you feel, you know, you feel relaxed for some reason, but your heart as well. And like, the reason that makes me emotional is because, remember how I said that thing about Salaamu Alaikum, how like, it's just like a thing that we do, but when you see it in the Quran, you're like, whoa. Us getting chills, that's just a human reaction, like a physical reaction that our body has. So the fact that it has something to do with Quran, it's showing us that like, just how alim Quran is, you know? And it's it's just so unmatched. You can't find anything like it. You can ask someone, try to try to write something down and give it to me that is similar to the Quran. You will never be able to do that. <laughs> and like it's just it's just the healer. It is a it is a majesty. It is just Al Quran al Kareem, Al Furqan, the all the names that it has. And listen, I'm not like against medicine or like I'm an anti-vax. Okay, maybe I'm a little bit against medicine. <laughs> I like, I work at a pharmacy, subhanAllah, and like, it's just so crazy. Like when I go there um, for work and like people, like the most um, purchased of medicine that we have is um, like stuff for depression, anxiety. And so I, I, I'm there and I'm just like, so many people are depressed and anxious like are there no other ways to like help a person other than pills and my pharmacist is like no this is this is it it's really unfortunate but like this is how we help people i'm like you don't sound too impressed with your own profession you know and he's like well i'm here to make money <laughs> i'm here to do to do this and well he said like if their sadness is what makes that happen then so be it I'm not I'm not throwing shade at my pharmacist, but my point is that we we have to make a living, sure, whatever. But you when I think about pharmacy, I'm just like, is this really something that that I really do support though? Um, again, I'm not talking about like no anti vax stuff, but I'm talking about when it comes to depression and whatever, like emotions, and I'm just like that kind of thing, like the one of the girls that came um to pick up her prescription the Adderall is sold out like everywhere like not even just where we are but like all over America like it's just it's such high demand that the the companies are not even making enough of it you know of the ADHD um like all those you know the mental health related pills there's just not enough of them because everyone's using them and like, it really hurts my heart because she was so stressed out. She was like, Are you, you guys really don't have it? Like, I, I can't. It's been two weeks already and I don't have it. And, like, my heart felt so sad. I was like, I like I wish I could give her a hug. Like, I don't know what to tell her. Like, we physically don't have the thing that can help her. And I'm just like, imagine being so physically re reliant on a pill to make you feel like life is okay again, you know?
to make you calm down, to make you focus. And I myself, like, I don't know why I'm opening up to you guys this much, <laughs> but I myself have struggled with depression for most of my life. And at first I thought it was just like, you know, a seventh grade, like, what's it called? Um, what's the word for that? Oh, like phase, you know, like that sad emo phase. But it lasted like throughout my whole life. And it's something that I'm just like, why is this happening to me? Am I weak? Like, am I a weak person? Am I a bad Muslim? Like, I think about this all the time. And I'm like, why am I literally sad for no reason? And even after I stop music, even after everything, like, there's just, there's just this feeling that, like, there is no hope. There's nothing. There's nothing. And I ask myself where this comes from. And every time I realize I have been like far away from the quran in that moment like when was the last time that i read it you know and after every single time that i read the quran you guys like my heart just feels alleviated like it feels like like it's so much like a million times lighter and i was like did i just find the depression like the cure for depression <laughs> and wallahi like i wanted to give you guys this ayah because it really does emphasize this you know um well before i give it to you i just want to finish my thought actually um but yeah the fact that she was so reliant on it, it's like like if she doesn't have that like she's going to lose it like like her life is over and i couldn't imagine that happening to me because i know that no matter what like even though my sadness can really overcome my brain sometimes i know that there's hope at the end though you know like there's like there's like a a feeling of a man of like knowing that the hereafter and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there that we I can like I can still keep going I can repent I can ask for forgiveness I can you know have to wakil in Allah even though the situation might be so difficult right now um but yeah where where does that come from for me like before Quran like before me ever really trying to read it um all I ever had was music, like I said, and so when you, when I, like, think about what kind of person I was at those times, um, and then I think about what I've been listening to, or, like, what I've been consuming, the kind of person that I was at that time was, like, constantly worried, like, constantly being like, oh my god, this assignment, if this doesn't happen, then I won't go to college, and if I don't go to college, like, if I don't go to this Ivy League, or whatever, then this would stress over stress over stress over stress i'm like what over what bro like i'm in high school like it's really not that bad <laughs> um like if you're in high school right now wallahi life is good like college is just not it like it's actually hard oh my goodness it's so different well maybe it's just because my um my high school was like the, it's called an expeditionary high school and so this kind of thing that we do it's like we don't have midterms. We don't have exams. I don't know what that is. The the concept of like studying for two weeks, taking exams, study for two weeks. I don't know what that is. So when that happened to me in college, I'm like, huh? Because we're the way we work is like we have like six months of like a an intensive project, and then at the end of it, we have like a final product, like maybe a presentation or whatever. We present in front of experts, um, and then we go on like like field trips and stuff related to that. Like we go out into the real world. And so they're basically, like, creating activists. Like, they're just creating people that are supposed to change the world, you know? And that's literally what it, like, that's what they're trying to do. And I'm not going to lie, they were pretty successful at it because 
because of that, like it actually helped me and a lot of people I know that in freshman year they weren't it helped with like public speaking it helped with um wanting to make change like when something upsets you you don't just stay quiet like you you like say something you know that that feeling that desire did not come from anywhere that just like the school really did teach me that um anyway back to what i was saying though um the ayah that really did make me feel like quran is like the thing that i needed um is this one and it is Let's see if I can read it like without pausing. <laughs> I know you guys can hear me pause, but it says because I don't want to mess up the ayat. Let's try this. Okay. W. <laughs> um, what is that saying? We sent down from the Quran what is a cure and a mercy to the faithful. So Quran is supposed to be like not just, you know, something to make you feel better, but it's literally a cure. It's a, a rahmah from Allah. And um, with that, I wanted to say that, okay, yes, I'm Arab. I'm from Iraq. And I was born there. So you know me, I'm a fog. But that does not necessarily mean my Arabic was good, you know? So I was raised in Atlanta because I moved here. When did I move here? When I was like four or five, you know? And... Obviously, English became my first, not my first language, but it's like the, the language that I was strongest in because I was literally learning English since kindergarten, you know? So, like, I wasn't, like, fully, fully Americanized, but, like, basically, you know, there were just, like, a tad few things in me that were different because I'm an immigrant and my parents were immigrants. And so, oh, yeah, about the immigrant thing, I was going to mention um, because of that, that's a really big reason why it's hard for some people to let go of music because like they they come from a country where it's very cultural cultured you know religion isn't always like implemented but also just like family like it's hard to be the one person that's like stop guys music is haram because like your whole family listens to music so it would be weird if you didn't you know and like you'd be the odd one out the strict one the, the one that doesn't have know how to have fun like i've been called that many many times family or not and so I want to be upset, but at the same time, I have to remember that, like, because I'm an immigrant, I have immigrant parents, they didn't come from, like, a highly educated and sophisticated place um, of dean and whatnot. Like, my mom taught me what she knows, you know, and I learned what I knew at that time by the timing of Allah. And so, alhamdulillah, now I'm able to realize, like, okay, this is wrong, and, um, and I just try to stick up for myself. But um, like back to what we were talking about. When it came to me learning Arabic. Um, so, you know, I was raised in America. So not only is it already difficult to stop music. But let's put that aside for now. But also, when it came to Arabic. Like, we spoke it a little bit in my family. Like, obviously when I was at home. But then me and my siblings, obviously, we also went to high school, elementary school, whatever. We started speaking English with each other. And so when I go out with friends, whatever, I'm always speaking English, English, English. The things that I learn at school, the YouTube videos that I used to watch, like the culture, everything. Like American and was speaking English. So when I finally did try to read Quran, like sometimes I would just randomly open it. Um, like I would literally just go over like just like that because I didn't understand the harakat. I didn't understand anything. And again, like that goes back to that like... um 
thing in family like some families like some people are just are not taught these things you know like we aren't like enforced to go to sunday school or to have quran classes like sometimes i um <laughs> i hear my friends talk about them like hating dreading quran school i'm just like i wish i could go like but you know who knows maybe if i was at that age i would have hated it too if i had to be forced but you know the grass is always greener on the other side um but yeah so i didn't have that quran thing but i really wanted to make a connection with the quran because at that time two years ago it was almost ramadan i was like mm, i really want to learn how to do this because it's embarrassing i'm literally arab and i don't know how to read arabic and there's people from like somalia afghanistan like whatever culture they speak arabic better than me or their quran their tajweed whatever is better than me it doesn't matter like sometimes like you or your intention is so pure you have so much like motiv uh, motivation yeah discipline like you just have this irada you really really want to read quran you can do it and like it happens because you're making those efforts you're making those strides like you're learning arabic whatever and so respect all my people that are not arab but they can like read quran effortlessly allahumma barik because well arabic is a difficult language and so to all of you arab that you, you you speak arabic and whatever why are you not reading quran listen like why why tell me why like we literally like i can literally look at an ayah and be like ah uh, yeah yeah i know what that means maybe not fully because like even the highest of scholars whatever they wouldn't be able to just automatically translate but like there are some ayahs that like just normally make sense because it's arabic words like like under there you know there's rivers tajri you know they run and so like that was supposed to be a rahmah from allah that is a blessing from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for me but i overlooked it i didn't realize it and so one day like remember those friends that i told you about from instagram that i had met so i like um i started asking them it was actually a really funny story like there was a time where they were going live okay and like those meme pages they were going live and so i joined the live to watch but then i just requested just for funsies like i didn't think they were gonna actually put me in but i just wanted to talk on there and so the girls were so nice but they're like okay hi somebody i was like hi they're like okay i'll recite i'm like huh question mark you want me to recite they're like yeah that's how you, that's the whole point of why we accepted your request we are, we're taking rec recitation requests right now i'm like oh i didn't i was not aware of that i don't know how to recite but guys i did not even know like whatever like i knew them obviously but the the words were wrong the way i said it was completely wrong not just tajweed like the actual word was wrong because i just based it off of what i've heard and so they were like, okay, well, the only way that you can stay on this live is if you have something to recite for us. I'm like, okay, fine. So, you know, I got off the live. And from there, I was like, you know what? Like, like, how is it possible that I don't know any Quran? Like, why? That's really embarrassing. And so from there, I, you know, started educating myself more about why people recite the Tajweed. Like, it's literally, like, from the Prophet, وسلم, to read with Tajweed, you know? They, like, his companions would well, listen to him. And, like, for example, at certain letters, like the Med, he would, like, elongate it. And so from there on, like, they they wanted to treasure that, you know? They wanted to hold on to the, the Sunnah of recitation, the style of recitation. 
and it is the correct way in order to preserve the meanings to preserve the the beautiful you know like in surah al-mazamil like recite it in, in that rhythm in that melody beautifully and so i wanted to do that you know and remember how i was like a singer or whatnot so like i had a quote-unquote voice so i was like i can use this voice instead of singing i can use it for quran and so like at that time i just i did a live um like three weeks later because i wanted to um just kind of celebrate the fact that i memorized a new surah which was surah muzammin my first ever like official surah memorized and i know super random like in the middle of the quran well not middle but like it's just such a random surah but it's my mom's favorite surah and like that last ayah hits different oh my god you guys should look into it but i recited on there people were like what what is this who, who are you and i was like you guys actually liked it that much wallahi they made my head big <laughs> um because i was like wow i'm flattered because i didn't think i had a nice voice but they're like yeah the voice is nice but tajweed 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 wallahi that is the foundation of quran you can't have like a recitation if you don't know tajweed and also another thing culturally i don't know about others but for us it's like oh you don't have to worry about tajweed blah, blah. like they read the quran like it's a like it's a book like they read it like normally you know like blah, 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 like reading it like it's words there's no recitation or like like that that kind of thing you know what i mean there's none of that and i'm just like you have to put it above other forms of literature other other types of books arabic this is not regular arabic you know and so yeah from there i learned tajweed from friends i learned it from youtube um and like to this day like there are times when like for example, like if you're on the Discord, you know, on my server that um, that I have with some friends, that server I try to recite um, for the girls, right? Because <laughs> if you know, you know, Jad from Jubilee, he took a little break from um, live streaming and stuff. And so he's a person that like, I would like, he's the one that got me into reading surah al-mulk i didn't i i knew it was a surah i knew it existed but i did not know the hikmah of reading it and like the fact that it protects you from adab al-qabr from the punishment of the grave and so from there it became a routine with all of us to read surah al-mulk with them um when he would live stream and stuff you know and so then he stopped and i'm like what what happened but it's okay because i'm here to save the day so i started reciting and stuff on the server and some of my friends were telling me, listen, it's beautiful, but your maharaj is not, like, you got you got to tighten that up. I'm like, wait, what What does that mean? <laughs> I didn't know what maharaj meant. And so, like, to this day, like, there's things that I'm still learning because Quran is so new to me. But I have this, I have this, like, hunger for it. I have this, like, I don't know. I just want to, I just want to read all of it. I just want to learn all of it, all of the tajweed. And with consistency, inshallah, um, you know, the most beloved good deeds to Allah are the ones that are consistent, even though they're small, you know? Allah loves those good deeds. And so I'm trying with all my might to really, like, tighten the tajweed because sometimes you might think, oh, the voice is really important. How do I get a nice voice? But first of all, if you work on your tajweed, by the way, when I say tajweed, um, it's not like mujawad. Mujawad is like when you're elongating. It's like the way Ab, um, Basta Abdus Samad, the way he would he would recite. 
I'm talking about tajweed meaning um, like the rules. Like for example, if there's like a you know tinween here, but there's a wow that follows. What does that sound like? You know stuff like that. That's what makes your voice sound good. Like it automatically makes it sound good. Um, but what is it called? Yeah. So it is a constant effort. But alhamdulillah, like that transfer from. Like I'm just I'm just thinking about my life right now. That transfer from like twelve years of choir to trying to become someone who just reads Quran as a healing method, as like a way to get closer to Allah, that in and of itself is something that I should be really grateful for for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That that type of one eighty that people always say that I did it's um it might be crazy it might be weird it might be out of the ordinary and people might give you looks for how much you've changed maybe you started wearing more modestly maybe you started you know whatever it is maybe you stopped wearing makeup people are going to give you weird looks and they're going to say mean things but you don't let that get to you because you know who you're doing it for and like that beautiful feeling of looking back on who you used to be and you're like alhamdulillah alhamdulillah for the hidayah for the guidance you know and I know a lot of people who, like, like they are such amazing characters. They're just amazing people. Ashkhasim, amazing. And when I knew them when they were little, I'm like, you're so different. But they say the same thing about me. You know, amazing people don't happen out of thin air. They It comes after struggle. It comes after fighting. Your nefis, your desires, your the things that you want, you know, you might hate something that is good for you, but like, wallahi, like, that's the thing that is meant for you, and sometimes the things that you like are bad for you, but you have to understand that we have our goal, we have our hadaf, and that, of course, is pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I just want to say, may Allah make it easy for all of you, and may Allah keep me and everyone steadfast in always being in the dhikr of Allah, always pleasing Him only and allowing us to perfect our niyyah, our intention and purify us before we enter Ramadan. May Allah allow us to reach Ramadan. I do know how excited you guys are probably are for like Eid. Oh my goodness, I can't. I'm like just thinking about the vibes right now, you know, like wearing abayas and the thobes. We're going to be looking so good, inshallah. But you know, obviously that's not the focus. You know, we want to be working on our ibadah, obviously. But there's no hurt in ordering your abaya right now, you know. <laughs> AliExpress who? But <laughs> with that, inshallah, next week we will be talking about modesty. And that goes for both men and women, you know. We both have um, things that we should be looking into. As well as how that can help us with our self-confidence. And how we view our self-worth, you know, our value. And... That brings us to the end of our episode. Alhamdulillah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And remember, keep it low key.